All right, everyone. Um, kind of wanted to start off the show with a moment of silence for uh, our fanatic here. You know, he had a rough weekend. Um, yeah, you know, Cowboys took the big loss. It was tough. He didn't want to talk about it all weekend. He's been saving it. Um, so he has a lot of pent-up emotions right now. I just wanted to let everyone know that. Um, but without further ado, let's get into our episode. So obviously the biggest news to our show in particular, my co-host Matt, uh, also known as The Fanatic, went through an emotional weekend. You know, a lot of high hopes going into this weekend. Uh, Dallas played San Francisco in Dallas, um, but unfortunately... We're not able to come away with the win. San Francisco won uh, by a final score of 23 to 17. Um, obviously, a lot of discussion around this game, uh, basically by everyone in the media, just because it was basically the, the best um, and I guess most exciting game all weekend anyway. So, um, you know, without further ado, why don't we get into matt's reaction so matt how are you doing bud i know you're hanging in there i know it was rough for you but uh yeah uh, I'll, I'll just let you uh vent it all out Let, let's just say i'm not okay right now <laughs> i am mentally not okay i think i need help <laughs> like actually <laughs> you get you like a sports therapist i need like Do those a, exist yeah like or like like a council sports. The, the only cure is winning. My team's winning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. I guess we I gotta know. wait for the Yankees. I guess for me. Yeah. Let's hope there's a season for that. So. <laughs> anyway. But I guess without further ado, I would I will I will put out a disclaimer first. I would like to apologize to everyone who's gonna listen to this because I might get off topic. And I might yep. get out of hand. But this one's going to be a long one. Thank you so. for sticking with me. All right. Well, as I'm sure you guys all know, through the internet, Twitter, or TV, whatever you're doing this weekend, the Cowboys were the obvious headliners. And rightfully so. Um, so I kind of want to I want to do something different. Um, kind of thought about this like today, actually. So I always kind of thought of this quote. This is like one of my, I'm going to give a little history lesson here. <laughs> so Albert Einstein, one of the greatest what? physicians in the, Albert Einstein is one of the smartest about? mans in the world. And the Cowboys, those he, two yes. do not go together. He, <laughs> yeah, but Albert Einstein, I learned this quote through baseball and it was, you know, pretty relevant uh, with the way like I train but I feel like this applies to my team. So I learned that, according to him, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. And why does that sound so fitting to my team? <laughs> I mean... Okay, yeah, I've heard that quote before. Now. Isn't, this, isn't that like a typical summary of the Cowboys? their organization, yeah. their structure, the way hey, they do things. Hey, Matt. The way they hire their year. coaches. This is the year, right? 
all but year. That's what we said. We said this is the year. We said that last year. We said that the <laughs> year before that, and 26 years before that, <laughs> we haven't had. We've had the same result every single year. Hey, but so, to be fair, this year, in compared to you know like the past couple years, have felt like you guys have had the actual best chance. So I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, in recent years, probably this year, and you could argue maybe 2016 when they went 13 and three and then lost in the divisional round, which was their home opener that year anyway. So just you know, doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> But without further ado, with that history lesson being put aside. Um, I'm gonna try to be positive. You know, I am not okay again for like the tenth time, but I did see some positives in this game, and they were really all on one side of the ball. So first, I I do want to shout out um, a couple players. So the first one is Michael Parsons, and you know his obviously his first playoff game as a rookie this year, and. He came to play. I mean, I don't know if you watched the game, but、yep. there were some tackles that you know, especially when he tackled Debo Samuel in the open field, that were drive-saving, drive-stopping tackles. Yeah, he made. I mean, he's just so fast. He flies around the field like it's crazy. Like when I watch him, I try to think of that because he re- kind of replaced Jalen Smith. In a nutshell, <laughs> I I cannot imagine what Jalen Smith would be doing in this defense if it was if it wasn't Parsons. I mean, but Par- Parsons is he, so elite because he he's like essentially a pass rusher that can cover track the whole field, which is like he's like creating a new position for himself. Basically,、right. I mean, he was basically the Debo Samuel of the defense this year to me. So, I do want to shout him out. I also want to shout out their other linebacker, who might have just played his last game as a cowboy, and that was Leighton Vanderish. He led the team, the, the Wolf, Wolf Hunter, the Wolf, the Wolf Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, but he did lead the team in tackles this game. He had thirteen tackles, and he had one big tackle that I thought, at the moment, just saved the season. And possibly help us win, but you know, shout out to Leighton.、Um, I don't know if you're going to be back next year, but you know, thank you for you know giving your heart out this past game. And the last guy is、uh, their safety, Jaron Curse. People are probably like, "Who the hell is that guy?" Because that's what I thought too when he was on the team. So last year he was a special teams player for the Jets, <laughs> a special teams player for the Jets, and now he comes over to Dallas, and is the starting strong safety. And the reason why I'm going to shout him out is because his assignment was to shut down George Kittle. George Kittle had one catch for 18 yards. I would say that's pretty darn good. Yeah, he's. I mean, much. Kid, yeah, he. I I don't know if it was partially because of the quarterback, but I mean, 
he didn't even look his way. And when he did, he got lucky with, you know, the ball hitting the ground first. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say that. So shout out to those guys. And then, you know, overall, I would say the defense, um, it was a pretty rough start, you know, with that first drive and really the first half, um, they really couldn't stop the run, but they buckled down. I mean, I thought when you hold the 49ers to it, I think they kicked three field goals and they were just yeah, driving down the field and then they buckled. Straight. Yeah. They bended, but they didn't break. Right. So they held them to three field goals, kept them in the game. And in the second half, they gave up zero points that were unanswered. They did give up a touchdown, but that was not their fault. And I'll get into whose fault that was as we go on the show, because I got a lot to say about that guy who has a lot of fault. That DP, you mean? Yes. All right. That's enough positives because there are not that many positives. Let's let's get to the let's get to the downside here. So I'll I'll leave it up to you. Should I go with the players first or should I go with the coaches first? Uh go with the players first. We'll go with the players first. All right. So I guess we'll we'll stick with the defensive side of the ball because there wasn't really too many negatives, but I'm gonna shout out one guy who was notoriously bad on defense. Randy Gregory, you were pathetic. <laughs> you s- literally started the game with a penalty. He was offsides to start the game th- before the first snap. <laughs> he was offsides. And co- I mean, it was the recipe for disaster. I mean, that wasn't even his worst penalty, <laughs> which makes it just... Ugh, like I, I don't even know I'm, I'm going to talk about the free agents later but God bless you Randy Gregory I hope you don't lose money because of this game and then you know the next guy I want to give a terrible shout out to um, is Trayvon Diggs man I mean come on you're a first team all pro and you're, you're getting cooked you're getting cooked by not even Debo Samuel you're getting cooked by Brandon Ayuk Ayuk's all right. See, I mean, but did you see how much separation he was getting on all his routes? Yeah, good thing Jimmy uh, missed him on that those <laughs> couple throws. I mean, he hit him on a couple, and they went for big plays. But you know, Trayvon, I I gotta say, like you know, there are certain times where it's okay to maybe jump the route, but you can't do that every single play. I mean. It's all about situational awareness to me. That's it's like, yeah, I, I, I mean, agree. If you're I, one-on-one, <laughs> no safety help, don't don't jump the route. Like you got to keep everything in front. If you know you have safety help in the back, then okay, that's your time to be aggressive. But I mean, obviously he's still young, so I'll give him that. This is his second year in the league. Um, and, you know, I think he should get better, I think, as time progresses. But uh, it was not pretty. Not a pretty performance for you, Diggs. All right. And then, Wait, let let me know. just say something on the Diggs right. part. So I know he had, like, the lead, lead, uh, league lead in interceptions. Um, right. But Wade pointed out something to me. He, like, he is gave up he gave up yards. the most yards. Uh, yep. in in coverage in the entire NFL 
So, yeah, he has 11 Over picks. Over 1,000. Because they keep throwing the ball to his side. Like, true shutdown corners like Ramsey or Lattimore or, you know, like Jair Alexander, those guys don't always get the, the picks or the stats because quarterbacks don't even try to go at them. The problem with Diggs is they know he's vulnerable to, you know, these big plays, which is why they constantly attack him, which just, you know, statistically will give him more opportunities at uh, interceptions. So, yeah, I just – that was crazy to me. I, I don't know how someone can be first team, you know, all pro, letting up literally the one thing you're not supposed to do. That's like – that's like Jameis throwing 30, 30 touchdowns, touchdowns and 30, 30 picks. picks. <laughs> but he's a first team because he has 30 touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, seems redundant to me. But yeah. All right. Sorry. Go. You can keep going. No, I mean, that's right. I mean, he made first team all pro. I don't think that's, you're ever going to see that ever again. If a corner gives up the most yards in the league and he makes first team all pro, no <laughs> I don't, that's unheard of. But I guess moving on to, bash some more of my my team uh we'll, we'll turn it over to the offensive side of the ball and pull i cannot wait for this one <laughs> all right so let's let's start with um you know i actually wrote down like, some notes like, i wanted to completely rip and i actually just forgot a couple guys that i want to mention so i'm going to write them down all right let's start with the wide receiver one of the guys that I actually, I love, one of my favorite players on the team who I thought would be the next legendary 88 on Dallas. That's like a receiving God number for this team. Mr. CD lamb had one catch for 21 yards. I don't know what you were doing because you cannot do that. I'm sorry, CD. I don't care if this is your first playoff game. You've played in big games before at Oklahoma, and I'm sure you did at in high school. You got to show up. If you're wearing that number 88, Michael Irvin, Drew Pearson, Dez. Dez was in the house that day. You got to come to play. Help your quarterback out because clearly he needs a lot of help, and we'll, we'll get into him a little bit later. But I was just disappointed with yeah, I, I was just very disappointed in him uh, for just really not showing up. Because I thought, you know, his his sidekick, you know, he made some big catches in Cooper. I still think Omari's the dog, bro. I mean. Oh, no. Omari Cooper is wide receiver one on that I team. still think he's the one. He like, is the wide receiver one. CD has definitely got the talent, might be more talented. But if it when it comes down to it, I trust Omari to make the big catch more than I do CD. Because CD had a, I do too. I don't know if it was a couple. He definitely had one pretty noticeable drop that almost drop. led to a pick. And yeah. I mean, I know a couple of his kind of. I know he had one big play that got called back on, like we said, one of the holding call, one of the many holding calls, or that <laughs> one against Dallas. But yeah, pretty unfortunate there because yeah. I mean, I was following CD all year just because he was on my fantasy team. Fantasy team. But, I mean, he was producing. So, yeah, this is pretty disappointing. But... Sorry. Uh, yeah, carry on, boss. Nope. <laughs> all right. Who's the next guy I'm going to rip to shreds? That would be 
the highest paid running back in the league, Mr. Ezekiel Elliott, who probably is my favorite player, you know, ever since he was a cowboy. But you're getting paid $90 million. You got to show up again. I mean, just plain and simple. Zeke, if you're the best back in the league, you don't go 12 rushes for 31 yards, averaging 2.6 yards a carry. That does absolutely nothing. And he did that without Joey Bosa for the entire second half. Uh, not Joey Bosa. God, I'm like uh, Tracy Wilson calling him Joey Bosa. Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, who got dinged up a little bit. That's their two best defensive players out of the game, and you still get 31 yards. No explanation for that. This guy, all right, we're going to move on to the offensive line. I'm going to tear this guy to shreds because I literally, I can't stand him. Connor Williams, who is their left guard, he has got to be the worst starting lineman in the NFL. I don't even know how he's starting at this point because I think he's been with the Dallas Cowboys for about four years already. And my God, if he is signed next year, I am going to, I'm going to revolt, I think. You cannot, every time you look up, Dallas gets a big play and you think, oh, okay, like we're going to, you know, we're going to change the momentum. Like, oh, uh, Pollard gets a nice run for 10 yards. Okay, now we're getting the chains moving. And then you see the flag on the screen and you're like, oh boy, like who is it? And if you had to play a probability guess, it's probably Connor Williams because he leads the league in penalties. He's the most penalized lineman in the league <laughs> that is unacceptable you cannot have a guy like that on your team and expect to win so connor i mean god bless you because i don't even know if you're gonna be be in the nfl next year i did not know that that's pretty tough that's do you know tough. how bad you have to be dallas is the most penalized team in the league <laughs> and they have the most penalized linemen in the league <laughs> <laughs> that is a recipe for disaster. Man. All right. So enough with those players because, um, you know, all of them really didn't show up, but there is one player that I am just so disappointed in. So, so disappointed in. And you did bring him up. He did win an award uh, on Sunday. He won the MVP award <laughs> and only he's the second ever winner. You know, in NFL history, to you gotta explain that. what the MVP is, Matt. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to explain it. It's <laughs> okay. Disgusting. I'll explain it. You can explain He's the, that. The the Nickelodeon valuable player. So basically, uh, <clears throat> Nickelodeon does like an alternate stream of the game on their channel, and it's supposed to be like kid friendly and stuff. They have like all of these like animated graphics and stuff like on the screen. So it's basically like a kid's show so you know he's an elite company i will say uh, with the nvp you know last year the first ever nvp was one infamous mitchell trubisky uh of the chicago bears currently not a starter anymore in the league he backs up josh allen um and now dak prescott dakota rain uh for dak $75 million man is the second ever MVP. And it should be noted that neither of these players actually won the game. So, uh, yeah, these kids don't know shit about football, clearly. So, 
All right, Matt, I'll let you keep going. Yep, I mean, that basically sums up how Dax Knight went, right? This man is the highest paid player in the NFL this season. At the time when he signed his contract, you know, in the offseason, he was the second highest player in the league or with the biggest contract um, to Patrick Mahomes. And we all know, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. So if you sign a big contract, obviously your expectation should be pretty high and held accountable. I mean, I think it's I pretty would, fair. Yeah. Right. I mean, if I you get paid the big bucks, you know, you're expected to, to show up, you know, and I watched um first take too with Michael Irvin and he actually made a good point. You know, the reason why Dallas didn't win this game is because their stars didn't show up. You can't win playoff games when your stars don't show up. It doesn't matter what team it is if tom brady doesn't show up they're not gonna win like right. he's the star he's got to play and my quarterback you know the quote-unquote franchise player face of the team sucked he absolutely sucked he went 23 of 43 254 yards one touchdown and one awful pick and i will say back on the yards Half of those yards came in the fourth quarter. Typical Dak. So basically, through the first three quarters, he had about a, a little over 100 yards passing. <laughs> and, I mean, is there really anything to explain there? Dak, I'm literally ripping you to shreds here. So another stat that actually points out how bad he was um, is quarterback rating. So quarterback rating is on a scale of 0 to 100, 0 being pretty bad obviously 100 being outstanding and 50 being average yeah 50 is average it's not 50 like, is average it's not like 50 grades. is average yeah yeah 70 is an average 50 is average 50 yeah so putting it into perspective the 49ers quarterback is jimmy garoppolo everybody rips on him for being careless turning over the ball just you know he's just not that you know, not franchise guy. carrying guy, right? Yeah, he's not that guy. He'll manage the game, but he won't go win you the game. He might lose you the game, but you know, him and Tua draw a lot of comparisons to me <laughs> with how the media portrays both those guys. So yeah. So Jimmy G and also who Skip Bayless calls Jimmy Dag, <laughs> you know, his quarterback rating was 68.5. And he was pretty bad. I mean, he almost he almost helped us win. Yeah, right? <laughs> he threw a bad interception. That was a bad pick. I just he didn't let his linemen get set. That would have won the game too. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but he with all of that being said, he got a sixty-eight point five. So that's above average. My quarterback, who's getting paid seventy-five million dollars this year, got a twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Not good, Matt. It's not what you want to see. I mean, I don't even I, like. I love Dak because he's my quarterback, but more and more each game, I'm growing apart from him, and this just just this hurt. This made me hate him. Honestly, it it just stings, and it's like, you know, people said, "Oh yeah, Dak, he's better than Tony Romo," but that brings me to this stat. This is crazy. I, I can't believe this is actually true. So Dak just finished his sixth season in the NFL. 
Tony Romo, through his first six seasons, was one in three in the playoffs. Dak's record is one in three. (laughs) But two losses at home. Yikes. Yes, I know he lost to Aaron Rodgers, but you were the number one seed that year. No excuse. You know, honestly, I think I'm cooling. I cooled off a little bit. I think, you know, if I, we did this on Monday or the day after, or maybe like two hours after the game, it would be a little more profane. But you didn't you know, even want to talk about it on Sunday. Yeah, I, I didn't even want to talk about it. That's how bad he was, Dak. So the fact that I'm talking about you, Dak, just shows like, you know, I'm really, I'm really trying my best here <laughs> to support you. I'm really trying, but you are terrible. All right. But you know what? Let's just get into my two more negatives. I got two coaches that I want to shout out. First off, Kellen Moore, you suck. I mean, your play calling, you know, you're going to go down in history as basically, you know, the second worst play call to Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. That's how bad it was. I mean, you, you cannot call that kind of play in that situation. Maybe you can, but clearly you didn't prepare your team enough for it. So that's on you. And I really, honestly, I kind of hope you leave. And then that brings me to my head coach. And there's really really no words to, to, I mean, say. I don't think he's done anything at all this year. He really hasn't. Dan Quinn kind of reshaped that defense. You know, Kellen Moore in the beginning of the year kind of, you know, got the offense clicking. Uh, obviously a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Um, so what do you really do, Mike? Mike, what do you, what do you do? Do you just try to screw us over? Like, are you, are you betting against us? Like you tried to screw us over in our second game by letting the clock run out and having Zerline kick an intergalactic field goal, as Skip Bayless calls it, <laughs> when you had 30 seconds to try and get closer, but you just let it run and run. You waste your timeouts in the first half. You waste your challenges in the first half. You call your timeouts in the second half in the third quarter when you're down. I mean, there's there's so many things wrong with you as the leader of the team. You're supposed to be the leader. This is a playoff game. You botched. You botched the playoff game. You know, I would expect the team, even if you don't play well, you got to come out with some passion and, you know, just just get your guys ready to play. Clearly, you you didn't do that. The 49ers go right down the field and score on their first drive. They didn't even get to third down. They got to one second down play the entire drive. Everything was 10 yards, 10 yards. It was pathetic. I mean, I can speak for all of Cowboy Nation here. Um, We really hope you're not back with our team next year because we, we need to find somebody, you know, that can get the troops ready to play. And that can, re- that really just understands football. Cause clearly you don't. <laughs> All right. But, you know, obviously I kind of want to talk about the last play. Yeah. Let's that talk everyone about is that. talking about that's, that's kind of the, you know, that's the highlight of the, the game. Right. So I mean, do you want to go first or should I keep going? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess you kind of give your take 
but no I, I got i got i got like a little more i want to say okay okay well i'll just give you my opinion so all right so honestly i thought that um like going into that last drive it was gonna they were gonna be lucky i thought the cowboys were gonna be lucky to have a shot at a hail mary from close to midfield because they had no timeouts right i think there was what there was like 40 seconds on the clock because a little less than 40. Yeah. A little less than 40 because as, as bad as we talk about uh, McCarthy's time management or clock management, uh, Mr. Kyle Shanahan over there is also a little notorious for something he is kind of responsible for. We're talking about clock management um, because twice. Yeah. For well, just, you know, previous to san francisco right i don't know if anyone knows this but uh there's an infamous uh you know biggest comeback in super bowl history by mr tom brady uh, against the atlanta falcons and guess who was the oc that year in atlanta calling the plays choosing to pass uh instead of just running the ball and run out the clock that was also mr kyle shanahan so he is not exactly you know, notorious for being great with the clock either. So I just thought this narrative was going to come back to haunt him, haunt Jimmy G. Um, but because basically, so when the Cowboys hit, what, what was it? Three consecutive plays of 10 plus yards to get out of bounds. Um, and then, you know, they had those couple plays. One was the drop, right? I think one of those was a CD drop um, that kind of, was that was, was that one of the drop? Time? I don't think it was. I think it was before. Was that was before? Yeah, that okay. was before. Okay. Oh, regardless, it was boom, 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 that drive. Yeah, yeah. But at least it, to the last play. That was it. Was but wasn't it third down? It was like a third, um, or was it a second and nine? Um, either way, yeah. But so fourteen seconds on the clock. They're at what the forty, uh, forty, 40. the forty yeah. yard line, right? So forty. So they run the the quarterback draw right with Dak and 14 seconds left, you know, it like looking back after all the craziness, I actually liked the idea. It was just, wasn't executed. That type of play in that scenario needed to be executed like flawlessly. Um, And I think there was, it, this kind of, I think, goes back on the coaches um, not getting their guys prepared, as you were saying. So um, I just thought the interesting part, you know, um, I think Dak really um, just his, his lack of game knowledge maybe uh, kind of came back to haunt them because, you know, uh, on the broadcast, um, how they were talking about the official needs to spot the ball, right? He has to get his hands on the ball. Um, and common the, sense, right? Right. And Tony, Tony was on that, uh, on the broadcast, right? Um, mm-hmm. and he immediately said after, after the play happened, basically, that you know, Dak's got to know the official needs to touch the ball. When you go down like that in a situation, you don't give it, you don't put the ball on the ground to spot it, you run, sprint to the official. 
get him the ball. Kind of like what we saw with the, the Claypool thing, right? I mean, not, you know, it's not, obviously it's not the same thing, but it's knowing that the official needs to get the ball to spot it. Um, and I, I mean, I know, you know, in that moment, it was so crazy because it's like, oh my gosh, the Cowboys have a chance. They're, you know, they're going to get this playoff, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah. And so I know everyone is housing the ref. Uh, I know Skip Bayless was housing that umpire uh, for not like getting or, George, for, yeah. the famous name now. For, for not sprinting or whatever, or he was late to spot the ball. But I mean, he like, I don't know. It's I, I think it's hard to blame the refs in that scenario. Um, obviously you would have liked to see the Cowboys get a shot there. I just thought um, like two things there. So, I mean, right play call, but I think it just, they it looks like they didn't practice it enough. Like Dak maybe went, took like a couple steps too much, you know, uh, unless they told him Dak get to the 25 slide down, spike the ball. Um, but, you know, even if that is a play, like how I would have coached it, right? If I'm coaching this specific play is, okay, receivers, we're going to run a QB draw. Dak is going to get to the 30 or 25, right? Sprint, like run, don't even run a route, like just sprint to, you know, the 30 or 25 and just be ready, you know, in position basically. So that when Dak and the line get up, you got, everyone is set right? You don't have to worry about no one being set. Um, and then you can, you know, hopefully get your spike off. Um, and, you know, so I, I don't have too big of a problem with that. Um, yeah, but my, my issue was going to be more on just the execution. And if clearly they weren't prepared, um, but I don't, I don't know if you could tell Matt, but so I heard from Don Arlovsky this morning on ESPN, he said that sometimes, you know, in that heat of the moment when they don't think they could have gotten a play off uh, or sorry, the spike off to stop the clock, there should have been a call that he that Dak could have gave to the whole team just run a play. Think, to just react, yeah, just run a play. Right. I think Orlovsky said they call it like a 911 play. Yeah. Um, right. That too. Like like a 911. So I didn't even think of that really but yeah even if in that moment you, you know you're losing valuable time why even bother with a spike just try to get a play off period right so i think that also goes back to coaching where they should have been prepared you know guys we're you know take one look at the clock there's like five seconds left give everyone the cadence you know we can't we're not we're not going to make the spike we just got to get this playoff period at least give us some kind of chance. So I, I just think it, that goes back to the coaching. Um, yeah, I mean, tough way for you guys to lose, but that was, that was basically my my breakdown. I did I, I didn't mind the play call, but I hated the. I, I feel like they weren't prepared and they didn't execute it. Yeah, I mean, well, let's see. Here, here was my reaction, like literally, like while the game was going on. So there's 14 seconds and then Dallas goes boom, boom, boom. Like they just get, you know, 10, 15 yards. They get out of bounds. They're moving right. the ball and you know, they're on the 40. And I'm like, okay, 
Like at worst, you got to get at least one Hail Mary shot to the end. Like, you know, you just want a chance. And they already, they got in the Hail Mary range. I'm like, okay, good. Like at least they got, you know, that in their pocket. San Francisco takes a timeout and they adjusted, they adjusted their defense. So, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but they literally were daring Dallas go to the middle of the field. Yeah, they, they were wanted, just playing the side. They wanted you to do that. They like that's what they want you to do. And they they weren't gonna let Dallas, you know, get you know another 10 yard out route and get out of bounds. So what I was thinking, it's like, okay, you got 14 seconds. Obviously, you have no timeout. So you either gotta get out of bounds or get it in the end zone. So I was like, just throw it in the end zone. Right. So you that's four, 14 initially, seconds. Initially, you can I get said two Hail Marys two, two to the shots, end zone. Yeah. Because maybe it takes 10 seconds, 11, yeah, even even if it takes two. Yeah, even if it takes 12 seconds, right? You, st- you still have one more shot. Yeah, so and that's what I was crazy, saying too. The crazy thing is, and, you know, for people that don't know, there can also be a flag, maybe a pass interference, something. I don't know. You never know. Yeah. But everyone kind of jumping up, yeah. grabbing the face mask. Because if there's a foul that occurs in the end zone, the ball gets placed at the one-yard line. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, you got 14 seconds. Right, you know, you're in field goal. I mean, you know, Dak can throw the ball 40 yards down the field. They had three, three rushers, you know, on the line of scrimmage. And I was like, okay, this is perfect because they're not, you know, blitzing or they're not rushing for uh, Nick Bosa is not in the game. So it's like, okay, you got five linemen, you know, Schultz, you know, depending on what you do with him on the route. He can chip. He can just block. You know, you got Zeke in the backfield. He's he's a fullback, so he's gonna block. So you can basically double team, theoretically double team everyone, and let the receivers get down the field, and let Amari, CD, you know, let, let them try and make a play. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I was thinking in that know, moment. Yeah. In that's that heat I of the moment. Thinking. Yeah. So I was when he that obviously you know okay he runs the ball. I, as soon as he ran it, I was like, I think I was just speechless. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't know if you can cut that out or not, but I knew I knew it was done because that's exactly what San Francisco wanted you to do. They were baiting them to do it. And first off, I don't even think you can get it off in time, right? I don't know if you saw this ESPN segment too. They said that Bill Belichick, you know, Sean Payton, all these coaches said, you need at least 16 to 18 seconds to run that quarterback draw and spike it with no timeouts. At if least especially 16. if you're going to run that far. And that's, that's you run it perfectly with yeah. flawless execution, you know, and that, you know, on that play that comes down back to my quarterback, you get paid $75 million. You don't even know the rules. <laughs> like, come on, come on. Like, you the can't mental, just yeah not, the mental not, errors you know, are the worst ones it's not two-hand touch football where there's no refs you know you're spotting your own ball right come on Dak like that's just that's unacceptable first off Kellen Moore I mean you know maybe that's a great call you know but you got to tell your quarterback or Mike you got to tell your quarterback hey you know you got 14 seconds don't try and get every single yard we're just trying to get a little bit Maybe you get five or 10 yards and slide down and then you got one place at the end zone. You know, and that's literally just sums up Dallas's season in a nutshell. Penalties, you know, they had 14 penalties that game. 
tied for most in playoff history. Like, just, just criminal, you know. And you know, I think you know we can kind of start ending this this horrible topic. But you know, the one thing I do want to I forgot to mention that I think is it's kind of important. Um, and this is this is on Mike and Kellen. Is why why was Tony Pollard not involved? <laughs> I mean, four rushes for 14 yards. That's all you gave him. And you gave him one catch at the end of the game. <laughs> Zeke is obviously doing nothing. Get Pollard in the game. I mean, you saw what he was doing on the kickoff returns. He's he, I mean, he, he got some, he got some, you know, good field position. Obviously, it was called back because, you know, we're holding. So, <laughs> typical Dallas. But you got to get that guy the ball, especially when you're down. You're down 23 to 7. You need some life. And they don't even use him. Yeah, I mean, he's been your home run hitter criminal. the whole year. Yeah, yeah. And Zeke, you know, comes out. Oh yeah, I had a playing with a torn PCL. Like, <laughs> you should obviously know that if you're the coaches. Like, yeah, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. You know, and, and to kind of wrap, you know, we're kind of going a little long on this topic, which is what I expected. But yeah. I will, I will say, um, at least for next season. You know, it kind of hurts me to say this, but, you know, they got to find a way to, to get Pollard as RB1. I think I think it's his time. Because I, I love Ezekiel. I love Ezekiel. I know, I, mean, I know. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's, he's a team player. Tell me. He's a team player, but, you know, obviously we can't trade him. Nobody's going to want that contract. Right. You know, but I think it's time for Pollard to to take the reins. You know, and you know, I can get into it. Maybe we can talk about this later when free agency starts and whatnot. But yeah, you know, they gotta they gotta sure up that defense a little bit more. You know, because we can beat San Francisco, especially if they don't have Jimmy G. I'm not scared of Trey Lance, first off. I'm not. no, I yeah, I don't think I would be either, but yeah. Um, just oh, I've I was I mean just hanging out with you for the past like five six years, I've been forced to follow the Cowboys. That and you know the sports media talks about them all the time. So obviously I've kept up with the Cowboys, but I have to say that last play summed up probably the entire like recent history of the Cowboys coming down to Dak. And the head coach, basically, you know, um, just not being able to execute or make the right decision when it matters the most kind of thing. And that's just, I mean, honestly, that's kind of how it feels to be a Dodgers fan, man, if I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, so, like, yeah, being a Dodgers fan. But it's, the Dod- I will say the Dodgers had a run of getting to the World Series. You okay. Know, three. They won the division. What? How many? They won. Yeah, they like had that streak. Six, like seven, seven eight years. years in a row. Yeah. So. But, but now, now you kind of, I mean, you're a Yankees, you know, you're used to winning and whatever. But, um, uh, but yeah, just the having all the talent all the time and, you know, your manager or whatever, your leader makes a questionable decision. They don't show up. Yada, yada. But, yeah, kind of encapsulated the whole Cowboys uh, situation there. 
But I, will, all right. I have to say one more thing. Jerry, you better start looking for a new head coach. <laughs> yeah, Jerry was pissed. I heard that after the game. All right. All right. That's enough torture. That's for me, enough. Right? Yeah. That's enough Cowboys talk. Um, enough Cowboys until free agency. Yeah. Just gonna. I am ref- done with them. <laughs> Just wanted to reflect on some other football stuff uh, before we switch topics. So, um, Big Ben played what was most, uh, at least sounds more than likely his last game, you know, in the NFL as a Pittsburgh Steeler. You know, obviously Ben had a great run in Pittsburgh, two Super Bowls, um, got to be a Hall of Famer. You know, even with all of his off the field kind of um, troubles that would follow him from time to time, uh, still became kind of one of those beloved vets um, that could really uh, was kind of clutch uh, when you needed him to be. Um, he still like I, I still remember that um, Super Bowl when he it was you know they played the Cardinals. Um, Santonio Holmes. Yeah, and that's Santonio Holmes catch because I was just I just liked Larry Fitzgerald that year so much because Larry <laughs> was just having an insane year and then he broke off that big run, uh, and I thought the Cardinals had it and then Ben makes probably, arguably one of the if not the best throw, in Super Bowl history I think because Santonio Holmes was not open. Right? Oh no. Like he was, he was not he was covered. He was covered. And Ben threw like when you want to talk about a perfect ball, that was literally like if he was off by an inch, Santonio Holmes doesn't get both feet inbounds because he was on the tips of his tippy toes, completely outstretched, just getting over the defender's head for the touchdown. I mean just an absolute perfect ball. So got to respect Ben shout out to a great career. Um, but yeah, it, now it gets interesting though for Pittsburgh because um, they still have a lot of young talent on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously that defense is legit, um, but it's kind of hard for them to show up with, you know, no, the offense not being able to sustain drives basically um, kind of sad to see Deontay Johnson dropping balls again, uh, you know, when he kind of tried to shake that whole narrative off of him from last year. Uh, but, I mean, they still have – I mean, I, we don't know if Juju's coming back, but Claypool, Johnson, they got Najee. Uh, people seem to really like the tight end, Firemuth. So, I mean, they got some guys. Yeah, they got guys that are there and that can play. Um, so, kind of be interesting to see, you know, if maybe a Russell Wilson – uh, looks to move off of Seattle, uh, can go to an established culture. Mike Tomlin, dude, I don't think people give Tomlin enough credit for how he's able to manage his players and still produce like on the field as well. Um, just the amount of characters he's taken in over the years and been able to get them to play together and win is is crazy. Um, but I think I think at least the two big names are going to be uh, – Wilson and Rogers um, going into into Pittsburgh because uh, we know, you know, from some of Pat McAfee's interviews, uh, Rogers likes Tomlin. 
and uh, it it wouldn't make it would kind of make sense for Russ to get out of Seattle, go to a winning culture where he can win right away. So I think those are the two names to look out for uh, as Big Ben's replacements because I don't know if that city really wants a rookie uh, going in there, uh, and I don't think they want Mason Rudolph as their uh, their backup going in. So yeah, I mean Big Ben. I mean obviously. I think he's going to retire based on what it sounds like. Um, But he kind of was the, you know, the typical definition of a Steelers player, just kind of like grinds out everything. Like, you know, I wouldn't say maybe with the diet, but. (laughs) Oh, no, he was definitely grinding. (laughs) True. He was grinding for sure. (laughs) And the boy Ben was eating good. (laughs) He ain't doing no avocado tequila. Nope. He ain't no Brady. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, hats off to Ben for a great career. Uh, kind of happy that, you know, they got into the playoffs this year just to get, you know, a farewell farewell song. But yeah, I guess kind of going to what the Steelers should do, kind of what you said. You know, I think I saw some reports that, you know, the off- front office was saying that they were going to draft a quarterback. And... I think that's a mistake. There's no quarterbacks <laughs> in this draft. Exactly. One, the draft, the draft class isn't that strong this year. And two, your roster is perfectly positioned to win now. I mean, yeah. you're honestly, if, if Ben was in his prime, you know, prime big Ben, they, they might be the number one seed this year, you know, with their defense and they got weapons on the outside, obviously. Yeah. Got to fix the offensive line a little bit, but you know, Having a mobile quarterback like Russell Wilson would, I think that would be perfect. <laughs> I'm gonna just throw this uh, dark horse out there. If Russ ends up staying in Seattle and Rodgers ends up staying in Green Bay, I think uh, uh, Mr. Marcus Mariota is gonna be a very hot commodity this offseason. <laughs> so uh, just wanted to throw that one out there. Marcus in Pittsburgh. You heard it here for heard it yep. here first. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling it right now, folks. <laughs> Are you Woj or are you uh, Adam Schefter, oh, as Randy would say? Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm both. I'm like Chef Narowski or some shit. I don't know. Chef, Chef Narowski. Uh, but yeah, congrats to Big Ben um, on his uh, his great career. Um, so to just wrap up our NFL talk, uh, Randy wasn't able to join us to reflect uh, you know, on his past weekend, but he had a pretty good weekend. You know, I mean, there were only six games. But uh, just running through these real quick. So the Bengals covered at five and a half. The Bills were able to cover at four. Uh, the Bucks covered at eight and a half. He took Dallas. Uh, I don't know if he was influenced by, you know, being on the show with the biggest Dallas fanatic that I know. Uh, but he took Dallas. That one didn't hit. Steelers got blown out uh, 12 and a half. I thought for sure they would cover 12 and a half just because 12 and a half is huge. But that's why Vegas is Vegas. And the Rams covering um, at four, which I definitely did not think they were good. I thought it was going to be a gritty, ugly game, but uh, Kyler didn't show up. So, um, I, wait, yeah, I do. So- I do want to say something on that Kyler point. You know, Arizona, Arizona faded at the end, right? So, Hard, yeah, right. So Cliff Kingsbury is he on the hot seat? I think. I, I mean, it's the second year in a row that they they start strong and they fade. Yeah, I mean, at least they their strong start lasted a little longer this year. But yeah. you figure one 
that because they only lost really by one game, right? To the to the Rams in the NFC West. And so you gotta yeah, look they back won at last week, they would have won at, the division. And you know, regardless of the last week, they lost to the Lions. That was probably their the killer of their whole season. They could have been playing at home if they just took care of business in Detroit, but I mean, they couldn't beat Detroit, who only had one win at the time. So, I mean, I'm only I'm only saying this because you know if Cliff Kingsbury is available, you know <laughs> Jer- Jerry, you know you know start looking in, you know. <laughs> but all right, all right. We'll, 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 sorry, I'm not. I'm still. For those of you, I'm not okay. So just bear with me. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of sad Cowboys talk for months until the season starts. So, um. Yeah, so as Randy would say, you know, bet your house money on this. Once again, we must throw out the disclaimer. We are in Hawaii. We cannot actually bet. These are just hypothetical bets that we would place had we had the opportunity uh, just because we like to keep up with it. So Randy for this weekend likes the Bengals at plus three and a half. I think a lot of people like that. Just how Joe Burrow, Mr. Joe Shiesty has been playing. Um, you know, he's been lights out. That offense is legit. The defense can be good. Um, but I got to say, I think people are sleeping on Tennessee, man. Like that's just, people have been sleeping on them all year and they're the one seed. They're the one seed that no one talks about. Um, three and a half is a little big. I still would like, I still think I would take Tennessee to cover here. Um, because I think they're getting Derrick Henry back and I don't know how many people know this, but I think um, like three out of the four Bengals uh, defensive linemen starters are out for this game with injury. So uh, they're going to be down to reserves this game. And uh, if Mr. Henry is even at 70%, you know, um, it's going to be, and Tennessee's going to grind them out. So I think uh, the Titans pull away late um, in that one. Packers uh, at minus five and a half. Randy has that one. Obviously, big Packer fan. I agree. Uh, they're they got a chance to get healthy. You know, 49ers coming off of a big emotional win. Uh, now they got to go into Green Bay, into that hostile environment in the cold. Uh, think Jimmy G is going to freeze up, um, and uh, I think Rogers gets it done at home. Now this is an interesting one. Randy is taking the. The Rams at plus three against the Bucks. Um, not sure. I mean, this is going to be a tough one either way. Uh, probably, I think, is going to be the closest game of the week. I think it could come down to a field goal. Um, but I think I'd still like the Bucks just a little bit um, because I think that Ra- the Rams really were able to run the ball effectively against Arizona, which is, um, you know, they got uh, Sony Michelle back and shoot. Oh, sorry. They got Cam Akers. Akers. They got Cam Akers back. Um, and the two of them really ran the ball really well. And I just don't think you can run on the Bucks at all. You know, Philly was the number one rushing team in the entire league and they could not move the ball against, I mean, they put up no points through three quarters. Um, so I think that's just a testament to the Bucks run D. And I think it's going to come down to Matt, uh, Matty Stafford's arm. And 
I don't know. I just, I have a weird feeling. I don't, I don't know if he can pull it off. I mean, I kind of hope he does just want to see some parody in the NFL, but I like the bucks at minus three. Randy likes uh, the, the Rams at plus three there, but I'm going to fade him there. Um, the bills at plus two and a half. I love this pick. I think the bills actually come out and win this game. They have a win against Kansas city already this year. Um, sure. Kansas city posted, you know, how many are, however many points, but that was against Pittsburgh. Like we said, the offense wasn't doing much. Um, and I think the defense just got kind of tired. And I think the Bills are rolling. They're feeling good. They beat. They finally beat New England and crushed them. Uh, Josh Allen is playing lights out. And I just uh, – I think the Bills are going to be able to control the clock more um, and uh, kind of take hold of that game. So – I don't know how you feel, Matt, but uh, yeah, those are kind of my uh, predictions there. You know, I actually, you know, Randy, give him some props, man. He's making some good picks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess kind of going to that first game, Bengals Titans. I did not know that they were missing three, yeah, defensive linemen. So I, I, you know, before that, I would have took the Bengals. Now that you said that, I'm taking the Titans. <laughs> I mean. It's just a recipe for disaster with Derrick Henry coming back. Um, you know, Packers, Niners. I'm, you know, I'm against Randy in this one. Not because I don't like the Packers. I'm trying to be, you know, completely blind, uh, fair here. But I think the 49ers, you know, I like – I wouldn't be surprised if they win, honestly. Um, I think the way that they run their offense is how you beat Green Bay, how you beat a good quarterback in bad weather is running the ball and controlling the clock. You know, they got Elijah Mitchell back healthy. Uh, obviously, you know, Debo is, you know, the super weapon on offense. So if they get ahead early, keep Jimmy G out of the game, you know, just let let the running game do their thing. Um, I think their defense is good enough to to make plays and at least keep Rodgers contained. So I would actually take the Niners there. Bucks, Rams, um, I agree with this, or I agree with you, not Randy. Um, I don't bet against the goat. Yeah. He's the goat. He's the goat for a reason. Not at home. Uh, yep. No, nothing to be said there. It's Tom Brady. So, and then Bills and Chiefs. Yep, I like this pick too. I like the Bills to actually win. Um, I think this is their time to to overcome that obstacle. Yeah. You know they they remember what happened last year to them. And I know, especially Stefan Diggs, man. He, oh, yeah. You see that picture of him just watching the ceremony. Mm-hmm. So I expect the Bills to to beat the Chiefs this week. So we'll see how that turns out. Yep, going to be an interesting – it's going to be a fun weekend of football. Oh, this is probably the best – I mean, obviously the best time of the year for football. So uh, I will we'll point this out, though. I will not be watching any of these games. <laughs> Okay, I'll I will watch. just watch. I will watch the highlights. I'm I will gonna not watch be watching. these games. I am done watching games <laughs> <laughs> until the Super Bowl, obviously. Again, for those of you that don't know, I am not okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt's been, Matt's gonna be going through it for months. Oh my gosh! All right. Um. So yeah, sorry that that was a long NFL segment. We're gonna wrap that one up. Um. Still stick on football though. We're gonna do a quick rundown so big news coming out of the university of hawaii uh rainbow warriors so their football program 
kind of got a big shakeup. So I don't know if the last time we spoke, Matt, but we were discussing uh, on a previous podcast about that Senate meeting, right? And so mm-hmm. the state Senate of, you know, Hawaii basically had a meeting to discuss um, kind of the situation of the UH football program. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but they somehow convinced Todd Graham to resign. Um, so the reason that it's important that he resigned and wasn't fired, um, because if he was fired, he would still need to get paid out however much he was owed on the rest of his contract. And I think he was making around $800,000 a year. Um, so the uh, UH saved a lot of money by uh, him resigning, um, I guess. Just unfortunate um, that, you know, uh, I mean, I guess we'll never know unless the players tell us, but uh, the resignation comes after we lost so many of our core uh, players through the past couple seasons, you know, obviously Shevin, you know, people, we, we have our own opinions on him just as a quarterback anyway, but, you know, still dynamic Shevin, we lost Mardner, Day Day Hunter uh, on the, and, Defensive side, we lost, you know, Darius Musau, Laulu, um, who all those guys went to some legit schools too. So, uh, kind of disheartening to see all those players leave, but um, I really don't know who's gonna replace Todd. But they can't, UH cannot afford to miss because no one is going to the games. Yeah. <laughs> um, we can't even go to the games. We There's no okay, seats. Well, yeah. <laughs> we can't even go to the games, period, which means people are going to have to pay, uh, like, whatever, 80 bucks to watch UH games. And if there's anything we know about Hawaii fans, not us, Matt, obviously, because we're diehards, but the casual Hawaii football fan, they don't watch unless we're decent, right? So if we're not decent, we're not selling pay-per-view. And if we're not selling pay-per-view, they have no money. And they have no money can't get anything and it's the cycle the cycle continues again so they really got to get this coach down i think they're gonna go i think they might go with someone local because they want they need to get you know those local ties kind of back again um i think bianco is still in limbo uh so they gotta get in yeah they they really (laughs) that comes with the coach they gotta get coach first so It'll be interesting to see. I haven't, I mean, I've heard some of the rumors, but I, I don't really want to speculate. I People are throwing out like, you know, Rich Miano and like June Jones and stuff like that. And I mean, obviously respect to both those guys and, you know, what June did for our program was great, but um, he's been out of the college coaching game for a little bit now. And I, I think uh, before people get too nostalgic, they have to, you know, do its best for the team, not what, you know, might yeah. drive ticket sales. Yeah. So. yeah. I think the June Jones era, we got to leave it as it is. I mean, he's yeah. obviously, you know, the greatest. Yeah. Right. But he's also kind of old. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you, you kind of want a young coach, young minded, you know, obviously an offensive minded coach would be pretty good to me. Um, you know, cause that's the way the, the game is turning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, obviously you hear the Mianos and the Cowleys or something like that, you know. But there was one name that was kind of interesting too that I heard. That was uh, Timmy Chang. Mm-hmm. 
he's the offensive coordinator at Nevada now, but obviously he's what the second greatest UH quarterback behind Brennan. Yeah, yeah. So I that mean, would be interesting. That could be interesting. That that could work. Yeah. Offensive mind quarterback. He would he would pull um uh some local recruits, I think. Oh yeah. He's still Timmy Chang is still living right? here. Yeah, he's yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's still definitely well respected. So but I think that they gotta actually they're on the clock. Like they gotta hurry oh, up because they got all these players are are signing now. So that if they don't if they're all signed, then we're not gonna get anyone. Yeah, we're gonna be starting walk-ons. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you saw that, but uh, UH is uh, hosting tryouts um, for walk-ons. So I, I told that. Wade, I was like, hey, Wade, go get on that team. Starting buddy. quarterback, Wade. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> no. I told him he should try out to be uh, uh, the placeholder. You know. Oh, my God. You don't know how much pressure that is. <laughs> He misses one. He's gonna get scrutinized. I don't know what I don't else think that's he can worth do. It. He he's not fast or strong enough. So you know, and he can't kick. I'm, I don't think he can kick. So I said, "Hey man, you can go. Maybe you know, maybe just go try, try it out and try really hard." <laughs> special right. teams. He can be the special teams gunner. Special team. Okay. Like on the kickoff return Wait, or the punt return. Wade is not gonna be no damn gunner. All right. Uh, anyway, I just thought that would be funny. Imagine he goes out and like they, hey, hey, Nagula, I really like your effort. Uh, why don't you come just, you know, be a part of the team and be a equipment manager or something? You can go to spring practice. Yeah, <laughs> playing oh, the spring god. game. Oh god, I would have tried. Honestly, I would try out if I was at UH. Like, why not, man? Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, they got to figure it out. They got to do it fast and they got to get it right so i guess yeah. we'll see how that goes but um ah uh, so that is good on our football talk all right so we'll just wrap it up here with some nba talk um i know we talk a lot of football i promise you know as the season goes on and as football kind of dies down basketball will pretty much be our main uh, topic that we're going to talk about. So I know uh, we have some listeners that like to talk basketball. Sorry, we don't get into it as much as we probably should. It's just, uh, you know, NFL playoffs. It's There's just a lot of hype going on. But uh, with regards to that, so, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, a lot of, you know, trade rumors starting to heat up. Um, I think I saw... They're trying to get packages for Ben Simmons here and there. You know, I still don't really know where Ben's going to go or what he's going to do. Um, I I still don't know why he doesn't just play. Uh, to me, that just... He's battling the organization. He he wants to win that that fight. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, he's petty. So he's, so. He's, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Phone in the pocket at practice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, obviously, yeah. You, I know you wanted Ben to come to Portland, right? Yeah, but I don't know. It. I think it would be good, a good change of pace for him and Dame. Obviously, we're gonna have to give up CJ and some capital uh, to make it happen. But this Blazers team is looking rough. I mean, at least CJ came back somehow. I don't even know how he came back that fast. No, maybe. 
I just don't know enough about like injuries and stuff. But when I hear the term like collapsed lung, I'm imagining like an extensive amount of time that's going to be missed. So I don't know. Maybe CJ is like superhuman at recovery. I don't know. But he came back. Um, I still think it's going to be tough for them in the West uh, without Dame as it is. Um, they just don't have that much depth. <laughs> like, if yeah, I'm going to be Dame, honest with you. Dame just got an uh, injury after it. He's out for another, what, six, six to eight weeks? Yeah, it's going to be a... So that's through the All-Star break. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a while. So after the All-Star break, there's only, what, like... Is it only, like, 20 games after yeah, that? It's, it's it's not a ton. Not that much, so. right? Yeah. Um, I must the say, tank. though, the, the... Yeah, the two teams... Um, I'm most impressed with this season um, in the West, at least has been the Grizzlies. Those guys are legit. They're young. They're fast. They're like tough. Um, and I think they're going to be the new Testament um, to the league that, you know, it kind of shows you can still build with the draft um, you know, the Warriors obviously built their dynasty through the draft. And I think the Grizzlies are good, starting to show that, yeah, if you, you know, draft and develop well, um, you can be a really successful uh, team in this league. So obviously, John Morant's playing out of his mind. Um, I still think he's bouncier than, than Derrick Rose. Uh, I know we were talking a little bit about that before. Um I just I just say that because he's um I think he's a little lighter than Derek was or something, but he just maybe it's because he's skinnier, it just looks like he just glides easier. But no, John Morant is uh legit and uh kind of goes back to you know the Pelicans. I don't know if you redraft, do you take John Morant over uh, Zion Williamson? I don't know. I think it's looking back weird. now. I think I would. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, both guys kind of have an injury history, unfortunately. Um, but when they're healthy, jaw, I just bring so much spark to the team and you got it in this. You can't win with a bad point guard period. Um, no matter who who's playing the point um, you need, you need a solid point guard. So yeah, I think, you know, you go back to redraft that class, I think, uh, yeah, I think um, the Grizzlies uh, end up with Zion there. <laughs> um, also, I mean, kind of this guy kind of flying under the radar too is R.J. Barrett. In that oh, draft. yeah, R.J. Barrett's He's making that next leap, I think, as the third yeah. pick for mm-hmm. the Knicks. So, yeah. If he stays healthy and Zion just doesn't play, then he, he would, you know – move up one notch i would say if you had to redraft it yeah this zion man you gotta you gotta get in condition (laughs) i I think he wants out of new orleans to be honest um i think he's gonna try to push his way out the next anthony davis (laughs) oh yeah um but it was i must say though uh switching teams so the other team that i was most impressed with is the Bulls they're kind of they kind of went on a little bit of a slide there um but you know all it's basketball there's a lot of games teams get hot and cold um 
But I think the Bulls are legit contenders in the East. Um, I think they match up really well defensively because I know Caruso has been out for a while. Uh, they have some injuries here and there, but I think uh, they're young, they're athletic, and they're pretty deep. Um, I think they could go for a couple or a little bit uh, more shooters, you know, that they could acquire. But, uh, yeah, that Bulls team is looks good, and they're led by DeMar, and I think he's an MVP candidate for sure. So, um, yeah, those – those two teams, I think, really surprised me. Um, yeah, for yeah, I think yeah. for me, kind of, if you answer that question, I would say the Cavs, <laughs> Cleveland. Yeah, I that's mean, true. As of now, they're the number four seed in the East, and you know they arguably lost their best player for the season, Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how. I just I honestly I have no idea how they're winning. They have. Well, they're winning with their bigs, right? Mobley, Jared Allen's playing well. Kevin Love kind of found his kind of role player role, I guess, mm-hmm. taking up the cap space for them. Yeah. I, I Well, right now it seems like it's the, the Darius Garland show. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had a lot of hype, right, coming out of the draft. Kind of mm-hmm. fizzled out. People weren't, you know, too high on him. But this year he's been he's been balling, man. Um, really helping out that team there. So, uh, yep. Shout out to the Cavs, man. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, yeah. I guess kind of on that note too, when they drafted Garland, um, one of the things that were they were trying to build was kind of like what Portland had with Dame and CJ, two mm-hmm. electric scoring guards. And you know, obviously Sexton's out this year, but you know, once he comes back, if he signs back, yeah, uh, they got something that they might have hit gold on that. And also Miami, man, they just they just keep winning. That's just Eric Spolstra, man. There's, I mean, Eric Spolstra, Eric Spolstra U- UP, yeah, UP alum, baby. Uh, but yeah, just uh, Miami, just doing Miami things with Jimmy. Uh, they got shooters. They play defense. They play hard. Uh, they're tough. Th- yeah, that's just, their mentality. You know, I think I they think found it, the yeah, yeah. If they're like, they found loaded, something with uh, Hero. Yeah. But Hero, I think he's found his role as that, like, elite six-man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's thriving in that. And then also P.J. Tucker, very underrated signing by the Heat, taking away from the Bucks. You know, he's a guy that, you know, critical role player that you can win with, 3 and D. So, yeah. shout out to the Heat and Eric Spolstra. Keep it up. Yep, I'll have to agree with you there. Um, and then just wanted to wrap this up. I'll talk about my Lakers a little bit. So I know, you know, I've been bashing on them and I bashed on the Russ signing really, really hard. Um, just because I still don't think we could win with him. But it was, it did warm my heart, I must say, Matt, to see him dunk over Rudy Gobert with his signature like, cause he, when he jumps, he doesn't jump off the one leg, right? Like he does kind of that, that two leg, two, two leg jump. Yeah. And he just exploded to the rim. Um, and you know, the jazz are tough. So to be able to get a win like that and like rest, that's all he needs to do, man. He doesn't need to be taking these jumpers. We know he's going to miss most, most of them. Uh, just attack the basket and facilitate like, like, 
we know you can do, you know, um, because it's not about stats anymore, but in LA, we need, you're here to win championships. Um, it's, you know, you're not here to get triple doubles every night. So um, it, I think to see Russ in that role is, is going to just be huge for the Lakers. Um, yeah. They, but they, they still need to make a couple moves at the deadline. Um, they got to get some, some depth at um, some three and D guys. So I, I don't know. I, we'll see. I don't really have anyone in mind particularly, but I do think they need to make a move if they're going to try to make a run this year anyway. Yeah. I mean, Russ, I mean, he's got to still keep his turnovers in check. He's still, he's going to lead the league in turnovers this year. I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, he just needs to stop jumping in the air, not knowing where to go with the ball. That's literally all his turnovers, right? He just gets, you know, stuck in midair, no man's land, turns it over. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they got to figure it out pretty quickly. I mean, I mean, they're running out of time. Would you but, would you move Russ to the bench? Or would he just throw a fit if he did no that? No shot. He would be so mentally checked out if he got moved to the bench. <laughs> I don't think it would work. Um, yeah. But it's it's gonna come down to the big man's shoulders again, though. When AD comes back, if you know, if he plays to the top five player that we know he can be. Um, I think the Lakers, I, I really like their shot, but I, they just need to survive for now, I think. Uh, just stay in that playoff contention and give yourself a chance down the stretch to make a run. So They just got to get out of the play-in tournament. Yeah. If they can get at least top six, you know. I think that would be huge. Save your legs, right? Especially for LeBron, so. Oh, yep, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Um I forgot to ask, did you have a sports fact or something today that you wanted to share, or you're just too down in, in the dumps to even uh, think no, about this? No, I, I do have I do have a sports fact today. Oh, so did. what is today? Right, today is the 18th of yeah. January. So my sports fact is January 18th of 2022. I am currently still sad. That's my that's my current sport. That's my fact of the day. Oh I am my hurting. God. All right. All right, we need to cut this podcast. It's been a long one, I think. Um, yeah, we've been talking. Actually, I don't even know. It's know been an yeah, hour. Actually, less than an hour and a half. Pretty good. Well, that's, that's not too bad. Hour right? 17. See, it feels long because you're just talking about Dallas today. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so don't worry, everyone. We, we will be getting into more basketball coverage. I promise. Um, it's just that NFL is so exciting right now. Uh, you know, playoff time, but we will get into basketball. So just stick with us. Um, but other than that, uh, thank you guys again for tuning in and uh, we will see you next time.